401k plans. You've definitely heard of them. You may have had one in the past. And if still employed, you may still be contributing to a 401k plan. But are you using these really powerful savings tools effectively? But 401ks can be quite, not quite, 401ks are the single biggest savings tool that Americans have. Most people use them. Very few people know how to do it effectively. And they let a lot of emotion come into play. And they also think they don't have a choice of what they can or can't be doing with it as they get closer to retirement. That's Josh Brettle. He's the owner of FSR Wealth Strategies. For the last 20 plus years, Josh's sole focus has been to help find folks like you make your retirement the best part of your life. Next up in the episode, Josh talks about employer matching and profit sharing, two great benefits of these employer-sponsored retirement plans. We then follow that up by talking about the ways your money can get into a 401k plan and how you can get your money out of a 401k plan. Now, let's talk about how money goes in. It has to come out of your paycheck. You can't write a check for it. It's got to come out of your paycheck as a payroll deduction. And it can go either in pre-tax, we have traditional 401ks, or most 401ks now actually offer Roth options too. You can put money in post-tax. Now, you have that choice. Now, how you get money out is plan dependent, but there are also IRS rules. One of the big IRS rules is the 59 and a half rule. So when you take money out, if you take it out prior to age 59 and a half, you are going to pay a penalty on that money. If it's a traditional distribution, it's going to be taxed plus the penalty. If it's a Roth distribution, the gains will be taxed plus the penalty. Now, there are some exceptions to those penalties, which we do bring up. And to end our conversation on 401ks, Josh and I talk about the pros and the cons to employers offering multiple 401k investment options. These options have given the average Joe power to make some pretty serious investment choices. And if you're unable to remove emotion from the equation, you could be looking at some pretty stressful times ahead. Now, the market and quote unquote professional investors, they're really good at taking emotion out of the equation. They're not selling when it's low and buying when it's high. They're, you know, they're, they're making good decisions, but it's not their money. So when they created these 401k plans and they gave people the ability to put money away, what they also did is they gave people the problem where they had to watch their money go up and down. So people were making emotional decisions inside of 401k plans. And I think people are starting to realize that this is something you can't just set it and forget it. You really got to pay attention to it. And at the same time, try and take emotion out of it as much as humanly possible. We end our 401k conversation talking about in-service distributions. And as always, we had to have some fun because no one's got time to listen to a boring financial podcast. Uh-uh. And speaking of we, who am I? Hey, I'm Dave, Josh's longtime friend, co-host of the podcast, and a huge fan of the Buffalo Bills. With that being said, let me, let you, let me, and my introduction so we can dig into all the nitty-gritty of 401k plans. 
FSR Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor located in Elmhurst, Illinois. Information and opinions contained in this audio have been arrived at by FSR Wealth Advisors. All information herein is for informational purposes and should not be construed as investment advice. It does not constitute an offer, solicitation, or recommendation to purchase any security. FSR is not providing legal, tax, accounting, or financial planning advice in this audio. These views are as of the date of this publication and are subject to change. Aaron and I just got back from one of our annual conferences. Aaron and Sean and I went, and it was probably 1,200 people, 600 or 400 financial advisory offices. And it was kind of a year end recap, you know, get used to the new year. Mm -hmm. And we actually got a compliment on the podcast. Oh, tell me more. So, yeah, I uh, was talking to one of the guys I know there. And he says, I try and listen to as many podcasts as I can. And these are all financial advisor podcasts. Mm-hmm. He goes, yours is the only one I actually enjoy listening to. And he goes, I've never met Dave. Yeah. But I think I'd like him a lot. What? Did he really say that? He did. Aaron wasn't there for it. Okay. But, oh, this was awful, Dave. So we get there. We're out in San Diego. It was beautiful. Actually, that day it was raining miserably. But we're staying at, I'm not going to mention the hotel, but mm-hmm. we're staying at, and it's a top brand hotel and we go to check in, and about half an hour before we got there, their internet and computer systems went down. That could be a problem. It was a problem to the fact that that was 10.30 in the morning. We had a black tie semi-formal event that evening. We all had to get ready in other people's rooms, and we did not get our room until 10.30, 11 o'clock that night. So all three of us checked into oh, our rooms. No. So we checked in after the event was over with, and there was a guy sitting there with like an old school book with like everything printed out and like names. And he was calling the home office to run credit cards and everything. And uh, the guy who was checking us in actually had a smile on his face. And I said to him, I go, I'm sure you had a rough day. How did this compare to other days? He goes, oh, there's nothing that compares to what we went through today. Wow. How about that? that? How you rely on on internet and all that stuff. Oh, totally. I was kind of having FOMO about not going until you mentioned black tie event. Then I kind of dry heaved a little. I said, yeah, not not a place for me (laughs) because I'd have to rent something that's qualified as black tie. Well, black suits work too. Wait a second. I don't have a black suit. I think the last time I wore this black suit was the last year's event. Well, sounds really fancy. David, how are you? Josh, um, I'm not having my gallbladder removed tomorrow, so better than you. (laughs) Yeah, so we're we're rushing in to get an episode in because uh, I don't know how long I'll be laid up. They're gonna suck one of my organs out of my stomach tomorrow. So yeah, you know, Cometeer, I haven't said hello to you in a while, and uh, this is the Clatch Roast Roaster. I think it's a CBC blend. It's delicious, Josh. It's a dark roast, and we have not given them a shout out in a while yet. I continue to drink their delicious coffee. You should. Yeah, thank you for Christmas. Santa thought it would be a good idea to get the kids a karaoke machine. Mm. Specifically, Maggie Mm. received said karaoke machine. Mm -hmm. You know what Maggie does when she gets a microphone? Yells. Yells. Turns the volume to max and screams into the microphone. But my son, Zachary, on the other hand, who's a quiet boy, uses the microphone to antagonize his brother and sister. 
And he sits outside their bedroom door and he starts talking really quietly and really irritating. And it's usually solved, probably some sort of poop joke. My man. And then the volume gets louder and louder and louder to the point where he's like just going so fast. <laughs> and like, especially his brother just loses his mind <laughs> at him. And that was so me as a child. And Zach and I were starting our harmonica band soon, right? So Alex is starting to take guitar lessons. This mm-hmm. Thursday is his first guitar lesson. And Zach's mad that they won't give him harmonica. Oh, oh, poor Zachy. Josh, we had some, I mean, I can't even count the amount of DMs and responses we had to episode 29. It was, if you remember, it was IRA contributions, mm-hmm. 401ks, and things of the sort. So uh, I was chatting with Aaron over coffee one day, like we do. And she suggested that we dive deep into 401ks. Ba-bum. Boom. Does that sound pretty good? I think 401k talk would be a fun one. So, I agree. Dave, do you know what, like, when they say 401k, where they get, what does that name mean? Where does it come from? Any idea? Figure it'd be maybe like the area code of some congressman that came up with the name. <laughs> That's actually a legitimate guess, <laughs> but it is the subsection of the Internal Revenue Code where they talk about the tax rules associated with hashtag tax nerd. These, so they said, let's just call them four one ks because that's what the tax code's called. So not creative at all, but nope, not effective. at all. So four one ks are what we refer to as employee or sponsored retirement plans. So. You can't put money into your 401k unless your employer says you can put money in your 401k. They set all the rules for it. Now, 401k plans, they are a savings vehicle. They're designed for people to save for the retirement. It was an alternative to pension plans. We talked about how pensions went away in the last episode. And designed to give people freedom. And they wanted to give people tax benefits for saving into their 401ks. And the only way, like I said, for you personally to put money into your own 401k is for your employer to have one set up. Now, most employers have one, big or small, most employers have a 401k. Now, there's other ways that money can get in there. Your employer can also put money in on your behalf. You can put money in, there's a variety of ways that they can do that. But that's a good thing. Like matching? There there can be matching. Mm -hmm. Um, So for matching is an example of they'll do a percentage. So they may do a a dollar-for-dollar match up to 3%. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you made $100,000, if you put 3% of your salary in, which is 3,000 bucks, they would match Mm 3,000 bucks. If you put in 5,000, they're only going to match three. Mm -hmm. So that's a a matching Mm -hmm. percentage there. Cool. And they have have all sorts of ways they structure that. That could be a 50% up to 6%. It could be 100% up to 12%. There's all sorts of ways that they can structure that. Now, the other thing they have is they call profit-sharing contributions. So profit-sharing contributions are not matching. They will put them in whether you put money in or not. Oh, So uh, profit-sharing contribution could be 3%. So they'll say, you know, if you make $100,000, they're going to put $3,000 in whether you like it or not, hmm. which that's a good problem to have. And there's other small, you know, safe harbor and different things like that. But those are the, those are the, the three, two the two big ones for the employer. Now, the employer doesn't want you to put your money in and leave right away. They want to reward long-term employees. So 
401k rules, by the way, the rules are governed by what they call ERISA. ERISA is, um, is the special Department of Labor rules that govern 401ks. So they say, you know, what you're allowed to do as an employer and what you're not allowed to do. Not to be mistaken with the famous actress, Alyssa Milano. No, right, totally this is Arissa. Uh, Arissa. Arissa. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, it's like Madonna, one name. Oh, right, yeah. But these companies don't want you to just kind of randomly take your money out. So they have rules that are in there. And one of the rules is, is they can put a vesting schedule. Mm. So a vesting schedule is you have to work there so long for this money to all be yours. Now, some some of it they call vests immediately. And so that would be like a safe harbor contribution or something along those lines. But some could have a, a two, three, four-year vesting schedule. So if you leave before that time period, <laughs> oh, I don't even know what you're laughing at. I'm thinking of something I want to say, and it's so stupid, but it's going to be funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You know how, what it does to my self-esteem when I'm talking about vesting schedules and you just laugh at me? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, it's not right. going to be nearly as funny now. You know that, right? No, I know it, it won't be. I don't even know if I'm going to say it now, but whew, vesting schedules. Yes, go ahead. So I have one really important thing to add to vesting schedules. Mm-hmm. Vesting only applies to the employer money. Any money that you put in is 100% vested day one. They, they can't keep any of that. Do they care what type of vest you wear, like sweater vest? Is or, that really where you were going with that? that? Yeah, was that really, as yeah. funny as you had? Was that all that giant laugh was a sweater vest? In my head, it was really funny. but <laughs> <laughs> No, they do not care. Oh, um, that's nice. They can't – I don't think clothing type is a, is a discriminatory allowed by Arissa, one name. Mm, right, not Milano. Now, let's talk about – how money goes in. It has to come out of your paycheck. You can't write a check for it. It's got to come out of your paycheck as a payroll deduction. And it can go either in pre-tax, which means the money's yet to be taxed. It's a traditional, like we talked about the last episode's traditional IRAs. We have traditional 401ks. Or most 401ks now actually offer Roth options too. You can put money in post-tax. Now, you have that choice. Your employer doesn't have as much choices. Okay. Um, there is a new law that just went through Secure Act 2.0. They're trying to; it's changing some of that a little bit. We'll go into more details on this in, the, in a future episode. But most times, employ or money is always pre-tax. Okay. So whenever employ or money comes out, it will always be taxed. Employee money, you could be traditional or it could be okay. Roth. There now. Let's talk about how you get money out because the only reason you would put money in is because someday you want to take money out. Not because you just want to give your employer extra money. Yeah, but- and that's, a, that's actually a common misconception, and I, I'm glad you said that. You're never giving the employer money. Mm-hmm. The employer can't take this money. The employer can't do anything with this money. This is money set aside for your behalf. Mm-hmm. It's not the employer's. But they do make the rules to when you can get money out. Sure. Is that fair? Mm, Fair. So now how you get money out is plan dependent, but there are also IRS rules. One of the big IRS rules is the 59 and a half rule. So when you take money out, if you take it out prior to age 59 and a half, you are going to pay a penalty on that money. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's a traditional distribution, you're going to take money, it's going to be taxed plus the penalty. If it's a Roth distribution, the gains will be taxed plus the penalty. So potentially more? So poten- No, just the gains, not the whole thing. Okay. All right. Now, 
There are some exceptions to the rule. So mm-hmm. medical expenses, disability, higher education expenses, those are some some common exceptions that are out there. So you can pay for well, common one will often be, you know, if you're paying for your kid's school or your own schooling, you can actually take the money out uh, up to a certain dollar dollar amount and use that for tuition. So without paying the 10% penalty that's out there. So so Carla being a, a government employee, the 403B is the equivalent of a 401k? Yeah. The rules are virtually identical. There yeah. are small nuancy differences, but it's pretty much a 401. It's a 403B is generally a 401k for nonprofits, if you will. Because she's been taking out 1500 to two grand per month for my private harmonica lessons. So that, I mean, we won't be penalized for that, right? It depends if your private harmonica lessons are a licensed institution that yeah, it's uh, at of, Harvard of, of higher education. Oh, yeah, it's a Harvard School of Music. They're no, they're renowned yeah. harmonica teachers, and it's really taking that long, huh? Yeah, well, I, I was actually enrolled at Juilliard, but uh, I don't know. It was just a little too intense to did manage. Did you just say both. Juilliard? Yeah, I did. Are you questioning? Like an artsy guy and how to pronounce. Yeah, art, it art sounded school. like. I mean, it sounded like a true Southside Chicagoan. Like, oh gosh, is that Juilliard? Juilliard. Like, <laughs> Not was... the jewels for our Southside <laughs> friends, but Juilliard. I was wondering where that was coming from. Cool. So, in other words, I mean, yeah, my harmonica lessons are probably covered because it's <laughs> higher education. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So let's talk about what happens to your money once you get it into Mm. the 401k. So you have investment choices. Once the money goes inside your account in your 401k, it's going to sit inside something. And you're going to have investment choices. The choices of investments you have are determined by the company. Your employer. Your employer gets to determine that. Now, they have to give you a certain number of options. They have to be able to cover a broad enough spectrum. Usually, you'll see mutual funds. That's the most common investment under the sun that's inside of 401k. Is there a reason for that? It's an easier diversification tool. Uh, People are familiar with it. One of the problems with 401k plans is it is allowing the average Joe to make some pretty serious investment choices. There was a study done in the early 2000s that talked about the difference between what the average 401k participant earned and what the market, quote unquote, earned. So going into the early 2000s, and this coincided with when I started my career too, so this was really top of mind, there was a lot of talk about the historical return to the market. You know, the market earns 7.5%, the market earns whatever it it earns. Mm -hmm. And there was complaints coming from 401k participants because they weren't earning as much. Now, the market and quote-unquote professional investors, they're really good at taking emotion out of the equation. They're not selling when it's low and buying when it's high. They're, you know, they're, they're making good decisions, mm-hmm. but it's not their money. So when they created these 401k plans and they gave people the ability to put money away, what they also did is they gave people the problem where they had to watch their money go up and down. So people were making emotional decisions inside a 401k plan. So now mutual funds have always been around for this because they wanted people to diversify. They wanted people, it's an easier way than trying to build your own equity portfolio or your own bond portfolio or things along those lines. Now what they've come out with in the last 15 years or so is these what they call target date funds. So it's it's more Mm time-based and I'm not a huge fan of them, but for some people they're a okay thing that's out there. So typically we have, you know, just mutual funds. Now 
in recent years, 401ks, a lot of them have been opening up the world of investment choices. So they've been saying, hey, you can go out and invest whenever you want, which is good and bad. It can be very dangerous. This is real money. So your money goes up, your money really does go up. And if that money goes down, that's that hurts. Deciding where your money goes is something that you should be looking at on a constant basis. Something an advisor should be looking at on a constant basis for you. It's something that, to be quite honest, over the last 10 years hasn't been that hard because the markets don't have to go straight up except for the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. And I think people are starting to realize that this is something you can't just set it and forget it. You really got to pay attention to it. And at the same time, try and take emotion out of it as much as humanly possible. Let's talk about how we get money out. All right. That cool? Can we do that? Oh, you're asking me if we can if if I want to know how I can get money out of my 401k? Yeah. That's a question I often get asked. So yeah, I should probably know the answer to this. So you've got the money in, you've invested it, it's grown, and now you want the money out for whatever reason. So there is always two times you can take money out, always. One is when you leave the company. When you leave the employer, they're always required to let you take the money out, all right? The other is if you are dead. Ooh, so then you're not technically personally taking the money out. No, but somebody else is. Yeah. Other than that, they can kind of set the rules. Mm -hmm. So there's a few rules that quite often they will allow you to do. One is 401k loans. Mm -hmm. So a loan is while you're still working. A loan, if you take one, is eligible to anyone who works there. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You are loaning money out of your 401k to yourself. You're allowed to do a maximum of $50,000. And there's a rate that you have to pay it back at. And it's usually tied to the prime rate Mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. But – it is taken out of your paycheck. Traditionally, you have to pay it back within five years. So some companies make it shorter. The longest you can make it is five years. And they take it out of your paycheck in equal installments. So they you know, they amortize it like any other loan would be there. Now, there's good and bad to this. If you're going to take this loan out to waste the money, it's not worth it. But if you need this money, this can be a good spot to go because of the fact that that interest goes back to you as well. Oh, it does. So you get the interest, you get oh. the repayments. Those those go back into your into your account. So now if I'm paying an interest, let's say of 8%, that actually I'm paying myself that 8%? Yeah, 8% does go back to you. Now, hmm. there are loan fees they charge you to take loans out sometimes because okay. there's administrative tasks that go with it, but but that's there. Now, you have to realize though if for some reason you stop making loan repayments. Mhm. Like you get fired or you leave or you quit for whatever reason, you have 60 days to pay the whole thing back. Okay. And if you don't pay it back, it's like you took it out of your 401k. It's like oh. a distribution. Okay. So if you're under 59 and a half, you have to worry about the 10% penalty and the tax. And if you're over 59 and a half, you still have the tax that comes due on it. So would it make sense? Would anybody ever take a loan out while also still contributing to a 401k? Yeah. You, can do, you can do both. You can do both. Okay. It does make a lot of sense. The loan is only there if there's a need for you to take that money out. If you're going to buy a new car and that car is 30000 bucks, and you can pay the bank 7% or you can pay yourself 7%, I'd rather pay you 7%. I'd rather pay myself 7%. Interesting. Okay. Now, if it's you're going to waste it on something, it's not worth it. Don't That doesn't make any sense. Or if you have credit card debt you want to pay off and consolidate, it's not a bad way to do that. Okay. But let's talk about in-service distributions. We see this a lot in our office. I mean, this is people who are getting ready for retirement. And in-service distributions, in-service just means you're still working. And 
distributions are ways to take money out. Now, this is you can do anything you want with this. What we generally see in our office is they will take an in-service distribution to roll it to an IRA. And your company has to allow in-service distributions, and you have to be older than 59 and a half to do it. To do it. But if your company allows it, and most do, you can take the money out. And when you roll it to an IRA, then you have complete control. You can control what your investment choices are, what your Roth conversions are. You have complete control, unlike in the 401k where you do have you – know, your hands are tied to what the company says – you're allowed to do. So these in-service distributions can be really valuable for people who are getting ready to retire. We use them a lot as people, like I said, as people start coming on board with us and they still have another year or two of working. It's a way to jumpstart and get their planning going that's necessary for them. So, And you, you can take like chunks out, right? You know, It's not an all or nothing. Correct. Okay. Correct. We, we'll sit down and we can say, hey, let's leave this much in your 401k. We'll move this much to your IRA with in-service distributions. And then when they retire, then we'll take the final distribution and roll the rest of that to an IRA. And when you go from a 401k to an IRA, that is a tax-free transfer. Hmm. So it, okay. is a, it is a relatively easy thing to do. And limits on how often you can do it or how many times you can do it? That's set by the company. It's one yeah. of those rules the company is allowed to set. The U.S. government has a limit that you're allowed to do that once. Once just once. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, but certain companies will allow you to do it over and over and over again. But 401ks can be quite, not quite, 401ks are the single biggest savings tool that Americans have. Most people use them. Very few people know how to do it effectively. And they let a lot of emotion come into play. And they also think they don't have a choice of what they can or can't be doing with it as they get closer to retirement. From an employer perspective, Josh, other than being a great benefit to employees to offer a 401k like matching plan, what other benefit to an employer are there to offer 401ks? And they're not required to do it by law, but what are some other perks for for bigger employers? It's all about employee benefits. Is that what it is? It's all, you know, trying to make employees happy. For smaller employers, there's some tax things that they can do and, you know, some things that may benefit the owners as well. Mm-hmm. But again, the ERISA governs that and wants to make sure that the benefit is equal to everybody, not just to the high income earners or to the owners. But for bigger plans, it's all about employee benefits. Right on. So during my research for this episode, Josh, I came across something. Have you ever heard of the 401ZZZ? No. You haven't? No. Is that a tax code? No. The Z, the ZZZ stands for snooze fest because you've been talking about 401ks for way too long. Ooh, man. Yeah. What? What? Okay. Hey, hey Mr. Mr. Josh. Let's take a break. You've been talking for so long. And, and my ears are sore. sore. Let's not make them snore. Listening shouldn't be a chore. So let's get to know Josh and Dave and watch a rating soar. I didn't even have to ask you. Uh Uh So I am awfully proud of myself for coming up with the 401 ZZZ because I thought it was clever. I didn't get the goofaws that I thought I would from it, but (laughs) (laughs) I figured, hey, you know what? I am so well informed on 401ks. It's now time to pick a card. So let's pick a card, Dave. Let's do it. Let's pick a card. Mm-hmm. All right. This Wait, one is Alyssa Milano going to pick it for us? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. I'm not going to long and ramble the entry to this card. I'm mm-hmm. just going to ask it to you. Mm-hmm. If you could make one of your hobbies 
into a profession, which one would it be? Ooh, I've been talking a lot about harmonica playing. I, I don't think I'm quite at that point There's yet. There's not many harmonica players in the world that have actually made any money off of it. Oh, in the I show mean, notes, I'll there's post. There's a few. Yeah, I'll post some links to some of my favorite modern harmonicaists. Oh, I'm sure our audience will be clicking on those like crazy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, Josh. So the question is, if I could turn any of my hobbies into a paid profession, what would it be? Mm-hmm. I'd probably take my love and mastery of video games and make it into a profession. But not just video games. I'm talking about like 80s and 90s arcades. Like Rampage, I could set all sorts of world records for Rampage, and I bet you I'm onto something. People would pay to watch me pay Rampage. Josh, I quit. You're going to be a professional <laughs> rampagist. <laughs> Thank you for the idea. You know, we grew up in the 80s and 90s, and we had video games, but the idea of making money off of them is so absurd. And the fact that there are now, like, legitimate video game athletes out there. You used to call yourself a video game athlete. We used to make fun of you <laughs> all the time. Like, you'd sit down and you'd play John Madden football and be like, we're video game athletes. We're like, Good yeah, God, go out and shoot a hoop. Um, These kids are making millions of dollars yeah, by just a crazy. simple YouTube channel. Absolutely oh, so crazy. jealous. My hobby, it would actually be reliving your childhood dream. I'd want to be a chef. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I love cooking, making people happy. Maybe maybe like a private chef, like in people's homes. Like, yeah. You know, I want to see them smile when they eat. Yeah, that's cool. I still, I still think you and Scott Smith. Scott, I love you, man. Uh, I think you two, you can make a killer restaurant together. Don't don't tempt Scott. Scott <laughs> wants Scott wants to do that. And does he still want to do a barbecue joint? Is that still his job? No, now he wants to do like a specialty coffee shop. And he wants to have a a couple really special baked items. Like he wants to be yeah. known for coffee and the cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Or something like that. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Josh, I would financially support your hobby of cooking. The problem is I think I'd financially support it too, <laughs> so it's not really a good idea. Yeah, that's so true. I was sitting here drinking my cometeer and Dave relates to retirees. You know how they, the, the – yeah. oh, I talked over the uh, – That's right. That's right. You'd figure 30-some episodes in, I'd stop doing that. <laughs> Do you know how they get to know Josh and Dave? You sometimes struggle to come up with an answer because you're trying to think it through. And you get a little nervous as I ask it. Yeah. I get nervous every single time when you're about to open your mouth for this section. <laughs> I am going to say you have it much worse than I because when you're reading a card, I mean, yeah, I could get creative with it, but there's not much I could say. However, with this segment, anything goes, man. So yeah. let's, let's hear it. What kind of relation do you have to 401ks and retirees, David? I think it's fair to say every episode, my Dave relates to retirees is a perfect one-to-one correlation to how a retiree feels about a certain topic, right? In this case, I mean- Perfect one-to-one correlation. Perfect one-to-one correlation. You were teaching me earlier about what happens to your money inside of a 401k. And essentially what I gathered from that was employees, we have options as to how to invest that money, right? But not, we're not given too many options. We're given like three to a dozen different options, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, retirees, soon to be retirees, I get it. We're on the same wavelength. When Josh, my buddy over here, takes me to a new restaurant or a new bar, he knows that I get overwhelmed with new menus. And <laughs> you're, you're right. You do. I do. And Josh, I would say you are a you have mastered and memorized the menu of every local eatery in this area, correct? Yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is when I sit down with Josh, he'll be like, David, either get 
option A, D, or F. He's like, those are the only three things you like, choose one of them. I'm like, oh, I have a choice, but not too much of a choice. Just like you, dear friends, have a choice with your 401k investment, but not too much of a choice. Has there never been a more perfect one-to-one match? Take it away, my man. Dave. Yeah? I appreciate that one. Thank you. I actually think you sent me up. Can I see your paper real quick? Sure. Which one? My notes? The top one. The top one there. And- I noticed Dave has notes here today. I've never really noticed his notes before. And I looked over the top and I was like, what does that mean? DR2R. Mm. Oh, you've abbreviated Dave Relates to Retirees. Yes, I have. DR2R. <laughs> and with that, full house me, baby. So I love helping people with the retirement. I love to see them smile and you can see almost the sense of relief and the sense of them feeling really good after they come out of a good meeting with us. You also heard in the get to know Josh and Dave section of my desire to cook for people and make a living. Well, your Dave relates to retirees kind of took that too and combined it. When you go to a restaurant, they give you a menu and kind of when you ask the waiter, you know, sometimes you'll say, hey, what's, what do you recommend? What's best? But the waiter doesn't know you. The waiter doesn't understand you. And so they may recommend something. They may say, hey, the scallops here are phenomenal. But you're like, I hate scallops. So they don't really know you and how to do that. Where, Dave, you're right. When you and I go out to eat, I know you so well that I am going to recommend something that I think you will enjoy. And... I would say that sometimes I'm like your advisor there. I am like the one who's guiding you as to what you would like and not like. Now, ultimately, it's your decision. You may choose to eat the scallops anyways. Mm -hmm. But I know that scallops make your tummy feel funny and you don't like them. Now, I think that's also what we do for clients. They understand that they have lots of choices out there and anyone can help them nail it down. But what a good advisor will do or a retiree especially, is get to know that retiree so well so that those recommendations are geared just for them and you're not eating scallops. Now, I love scallops, so I mean, if you love scallops too, that's great. But I think, Dave, you related to retirees better than you have in any episode to date. That makes me happy to hear. Now, for our audience of one, I don't know about you, Aaron, I have major goosebumps right now. That was one of the most eloquent, most beautifully spoken full house moments to date in episode 30. That's good because I feel like we've rambled the snot out of the show. We, we tend to ramble a lot. That's why we have the edit tool. So, you know, what we have not been really consistent with is asking our listeners what to do at the end of the episode. Like, I have two things. Can I share? Please. Sure. The first thing is I would recommend Go watch some reruns of the original Charmed starring Alyssa Milano and just see, <laughs> see how it relates to Orissa, whoever Orissa is that Josh keeps talking about. Second, I would look, I would love for you, dear listener, to refer one of your friends to pod.link slash REF. We mentioned this last episode. Pod.link slash REF. Mm-hmm. We don't control this webpage, but it is a really nice kind of one pager that is curated by some AI robot thingy, but it gives a great overview of our show and all of our episodes. And just send them there, pod.link slash REF. You can also send fsrwealth.com slash podcast, same thing, but send one of your friends there. And uh, 
hopefully they can uh, get the enjoyment mm. out of the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast that you do, dear listener. Hey, is Alex allowed to listen to us yet? Nope, not yet. Oh, poor Al. Give him some time. Yeah. He'll be back in it. Yeah. Well, Al, let bygones be bygones. Gallbladders. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dave. Dave. Yeah? Like my gallbladder. Let's sign off. Oh, Oh, my God. Josh, I'm so proud of you doing it. (laughs) That's the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Hashtag tax nerd.